0: Oh yeah! Hey, it's the Montzo man, Randy Savage here, and you're about to tune into a wonderful podcast called The Kingdom Talks with Kings.
1: Yeah, expect the unexpected in this kingdom of madness. Can you dig it? Oh yeah!
2: and we are back with the podcast what's up everybody we have people on the Facebook level we have King Uno the gamer here looking all fly as fly can be we want to take the time to thank y'all for tuning in it's been a a long journey to say it nicely sorry we have not been doing these very often and you guys all know we all have lives you know, we're all busy. He's,
1: He's not sorry. He's a liar.
2: That's true. Really not. <laughs> I'm not sorry that we have lives. I'm not even going to lie. But King Uno and I, we were wanting to do this one with Nambo, but Nambo's a bitch and everybody knows it. Um. In <laughs> you know, obviously this is a big, iconic WWE pay-per-view. Well, WWF then. The 1998 King of the Ring, which had the second ever Hell in the Cell match between Mankind and The Undertaker, which we're going to be covering, and it's it's gonna it's gonna go down. It's the most iconic Hell in the Cell match I think ever. I don't think anything's gonna to ever top that one. It's just everything that happened. You will never see that again. It was just every five seconds it seemed like it was a little what the fuck moment, you know. And that, yeah. that's kind of why Nambo claims this as his favorite, you know, match. Then for a good reason, it's a five-star match by D- Dave Meltzer, which is hard to come by, especially back in this era. He did not give him out. Dave Meltzer's a bomb. He, <laughs> he is. He is. He, he kind of is. But the first ever King of the Ring winner was a wrestler named Don Morocco, who I had to look up because I never heard the name, but he was a mid-card wrestler and, had some good success in the 80s, but, you know, other wrestlers that came through it, Mabel, who became Viscera, uh, Billy Gunn also won it. You know, this year in particular, Ken Shamrock won it. And, you know, no disrespect to their careers. They had great careers, but they didn't have the legacy that they could have had. Look at King Booker, you know, th- that whole pinky finger up. and.
1: Hold on, I'm looking at something online that ain't got nothing to do with what we am talking about. Oh. But you know it's a sad day in life when the Lions have a higher overall than the Texans.
2: Oh shit. Yeah. The Texans is... is
1: the lowest rated team in Madden twenty three. The Lions is a seventy eight and Houston is a seventy four. Oh wow. What for
2: oh wow. I didn't think they were that that much I didn't think they were better actually. I didn't think they got swift. They got some good defensive players, so I guess, yeah. Let's see here. We still live, yeah we are. But overall, man, Texans are they're gonna be uh, rebuilding for a little while. Hey, Chloe, how's it going? How you doing, Miss Savage? Chloe, thank you so much for tuning in. But 1998 was a very interesting year. We were starting to see Stone Cold Steve Austin really get catch fire, really becoming the badass that he would become. Obviously, he was really he was at that level. He was WWF <laughs> champion at that time. But going into this pay per view event, he actually was sick. He went to the hospital with a hundred and four fever, with a staph infection in his elbow. And when we, when you watch the, the final pay-per-view event, you'll see his elbow is wrapped up, and that's because he actually had a staph infection, from, from some kind of bump that he took just a month prior. Uh, also, going into this event, they had a few matches that they had to cancel. They won't t- They didn't say what the matches were, but Bruce Pritchard said that he he thinks it's just a bunch of mid-carders that they were just throwing together and. It just did not happen. And you could kind of tell that some of these events were put together rather fast. The, the opening match was actually decent. But you had these little throw-in matches that were just terrible. And it was like, what was the whole purpose? There was no heat. There was no nothing. It was just mediocre at best. And we'll get to that here pretty soon with some of these matches. But going into this, you know, The Undertaker was actually hurt going into it. They, they weren't even sure if he was going to wrestle. It was kind of like a... Game time decision, if you will. He had a, a messed up angle and he actually had to deal with that. So it was kind of like a we'll see what happens kind of thing. And that's where the two bonus matches came in effect. Overall, the pay per view event wasn't terrible. Dave Meltzer, who we talked about just a little bit ago, was a little bit harsh because he's all about storylines and all that bullshit. But with King of the Ring, and I want to ask you this. This is an opinion question. Uh, my my opinion is a little different, I'm sure. But in your opinion, King of the Ring, can you really have... Could you really book heat for King of the Ring? Because think about it. Not it's, really.
1: I mean, especially back in the day, because the whole point of that pay-per-view was to see who would be the King of the Ring. So correct. That, that pay-per-view is pretty much just set for wrestlers to compete all night to see who would be the King of the Ring. Correct. So you can't really... Have a stacked card for that night. Exactly. Where as nowadays, where they had a the King of the Ring pay per view, it's not even pay per view no more. They just have a little tournament on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. That last about two weeks. Yeah. So you can kind of do that, and you can kind of have some couple of heat matches. But back in the day, no, you couldn't because it was just like this whole pay per view was dedicated to uh ten wrestlers. Yep. You know, fighting all night.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, the only thing that comes close to any kind of heat, though, I think of is the two thousand one. I think it was King of the Ring with Kurt Angle when he had. He wrestled three matches that night. The one with Shane McMahon goes through the uh, the King of the Ring uh, glass. Yeah, he went through the glass yeah, his, yeah almost, his almost broke his neck and everything. Yeah, we've we'll, we'll, we got to cover that one, too. The, I think it was 2001. But, I mean, there was heat with that because him and Shane McMahon were kind of having this little feud. And Shane McMahon helped him get one of the wins so he could have an extra match. And, it you know, didn't matter. Kurt Angle was a god back then. Probably cr- cranked up or whatever he was on during that time frame. But I I did a lot of a lot of research on this particular pay-per-view event. And they actually did really well with the money wise of it. They had a sellout crowd of 17,087 people. 15,505 paid, which was a total of 531,000 plus in just revenue. That's pretty awesome. And 140,000 in merchandise sales. Now, I have a a question, you know, I've mentioned some of those names. Billy Gunn, King Booker, what is your personal opinion on the King of Ring? Do you think that they should do more of with it, or should it just? Uh,
1: me personally, I kind of like the way they're doing it now with how they it last over like two weeks from each show because King of Ring was one of my least favorite pay per view. Yeah, so I feel I feel like they did the right thing by kind of just moving it onto the basic TV. Yeah, and not having us pay sixty dollars to watch it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Know,
1: then, and then that way you know. Um it, it gives us matches every week, so yeah. It's not like okay, uh, we had a king of ring. It's over with now. Like damn, that, that's it. Like this time with the way doing it now, it's like okay, so let's win it next week because I want to see uh, if Ricochet shake can overcome the odds against the likes of let's say um, Gunther, aka Watcher, or whatever. Like stuff yeah. like that. Like it makes you want to tune back in the following week. So I like the way they're doing it now. Well, you
2: know, and it. You know, it kind of made some some gimmicks, I guess. King Corbin, I really like that. King Seamus, when he won it. I really like it. I like what they do with the more modern. I mean, because back in the day, Bret Hart didn't turn heel. He wasn't King Bret. You know, it was just Bret Hart, you know, the King of the Ring winner. You know, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, I mean, he became iconic because of the King of Ring because he had the whole line with Jake the Snake Roberts where he said, Austin 316 just said, I just whipped your ass. And it was iconic. You know, and we're gonna we we covered some of that, but we need to actually cover that pay per view event too. Maybe that's the one we can get Nambo in next year whenever he's going yeah, have another excuse. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's still like but more modern, I think, a King Corbin, prime example. I really love the King Corbin gimmick. You know, it was just like he was arrogant, he was I you know I feel like
1: some some people who win King of the Ring, like they, they try to the little gimmicks. I feel like some people should just stay like, the course that they already own. Yeah. Trying to flank, But I know it's not their college, WWE's college. Yeah, correct. So.
2: Well, it might change now with uh, Vince retired. I mean, who's... Yeah, Triple
1: H is back as head of... Uh,
2: yeah, like, that's uh, going to be... I can't wait. I can't wait. And they
1: just went back to TV-14, so hopefully... They say they want to the guarantee that it'll go back to, like, the ruthless Aggression era and Attitude era. Well, they switched yeah, to
2: PG-13, which is yeah. going to be huge.
1: Hopefully, we get uh, more kind of, like riskier storylines yeah. or matches every now and then.
2: So we're going to cover every match with little details. Uh, so people with the podcast, people on Facebook, this is what we're going to be doing. Um, we're going to be covering everything from from uh, the events the going into it to the actual Hell in the Cell. We're going to cover that separately. We're going to actually skip the Hell in the Cell review and we're actually just going to cover commentate that and what we're going to do is try to try to give our intake on some of these wrestlers that we're going to mention because some of these guys actually had very good careers but this was in a lot of lot of, i don't want to say they're young part of their careers but they really hadn't you really hadn't started to see the true them like the new age outlaws were just starting to become new age outlaws they were really getting hot um taka Mikinochu. Or however you want to say it, he was he was actually a very solid wrestler. In fact, he actually has a, a finishing maneuver that is his own. He created. It's an driver. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, this overall, Dave Meltzer, like I said, he was harsh on this. But I think a lot of it was because he loves to have the whole storylines and all that shit, which I get. That's him. He's old school but we're not that way we like to see good matches and there were some good matches if you actually watched it you know the start you know the first match was actually fairly decent it was Taco with the headbangers and we talked about the headbangers i don't know if we talked about them on the podcast or if we talked about them off they were they were underrated like nobody ever talks about them like and you made the comment i think if you don't know who the headbangers are then you don't know real wrestling you know or something of that lines and no, it's well. true you don't you don't you can't claim you like the attitude era if you didn't know who the headbangers were but they would start off with the match against Tai, which was Men Dick Tuko, and Funaki. At that time, Funaki was, was really starting to become somebody. He was very popular in Japan. Actually, Taka was too, and so, so was a whole Kayantai. But Funaki still works for the WWE as a Japanese commentator. He's still employed yeah. with, with the WWE, which is crazy to think all these years later he's, he's still employed. You know it's crazy. It's just mind blowing to me. Um, but they had a, a fairly decent match. Um, it was kind of one of those throwing matches. I mean, it was, it was, what you would expect for a first match. You know, you throw a bunch of cruiserweights out there, and I, I actually, I actually enjoyed it. They had the little hot tag. Dave Meltzer, this is what he said. He gave it a 2.25. It was a fast-paced match, a great starter match, perfect starter match almost. And then, and then Taka to get the win with the headbangers to do a little dance at the end it was a little, a little comical, is what he said. But I mean, like I said, it was an opening match. You know, to start it off that way, you always want you always want to start off good, and I thought it was pretty decent.
1: Even the uh, like I'm, I'm, I remember the match card that might like, kind of a little bit for the king of the ring, yeah. The matches, each match had almost at least one fan favorite in it. Like some yeah. of these matches, it had like, like, like you said, just a throwaway match, but yeah, majority of them they had pretty good match. Like you had Vader versus the rock, yeah, which rock came out on top with that in like four minutes. Triple H by count out over X Pac on heart versus Scorpio, D Brown versus Dan Severn, Ken Shamrock versus. Well, at the time, Kamal Mustafa became the godfather for those yeah. of you who don't know. You yeah. Know young kids. Mark Cameron versus Terry Funk. Like, why the hell is Terry Funk in this tournament? Like, against Mark Cameron. <laughs> he should not have been like, in that. Yes. Jeff Jared and Farouk, Mark Merrill, and Steve Blackman. Like, some of these, like, the, the card and the matches was, like, decent.
0: Yeah. No, but I
1: agree. The, the match times were just, like, it, was, it just felt rushed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It. it they did kind of. I don't know. They they could have done more matches with this pay per view event. Like they could have done better matches. And you know, the Morgan
1: match was the freaking final between Rock and Kane Shamrock, which was uh, fourteen minutes long.
2: Yeah, and it was a very solid match. I mean, they're both great wrestlers in their own right. You know, and I don't know. I I just thought you know Dave Meltzer was a little harsh on it. You know, just because he's a dick. You know, and he can be, and that's what he's paid to do. You know, but at the same time, he gave it a two point two five stars to start match and i gave it a I gave it a three a solid three even maybe a three and a half because it was very good there was no really bad bumps it was not like they were going crazy and doing all these crazy suicide dives you know it was a very good solid match it was what you want to see starting off you don't want to go too crazy imagine if they started off with the hell in a cell match oh it would have been all bad you know what i mean <laughs> So, up next, after that happens, Sable comes in. Now, Sable was fired just a couple weeks before, well, quote-unquote, fired for losing a match against Mark Merrow. Loser leaves the WWF. Well, Sable comes back and introduces Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is just now starting to get to be the boss and starting to get to that evil gimmick. In fact, he didn't even have theme music. Nothing played when he came out. Pat Patterson has an epic moment. Pat Patterson, for those who don't know, is a former WWF Intercontinental Championship. He held the hardcore title. He passed away what, two years ago now, I believe, but was actually a homosexual. And, you know, not a lot of people knew he was gay. And he tapped Sable on the ass a couple times, and she turns around and just slaps the shit out of him. And he, he I don't know, you know, he has a very thick French accent. I didn't even understand what he said. And I know a little French. So it was just like, he, he said something like, how dare a woman hit me or something of that line. It was it was hella funny. I, I thought it was hilarious. And, you know, Vince McMahon would come out and talk. This is where you really started seeing the Stooges because Briscoe and Patterson were out there with him. Um, uh-huh. You know, this is where the Stooges really started coming around. And he comes out there and he's talking about, you know, about Kane, if he wins the WWF title, then you know this, that, and the other. Like because he's trying to get Austin to lose the title. Kane, if he loses, is going to be set on fire. You know, quote unquote. You know, we'll get to that in a little bit. But it was just kind of funny how uh, I don't know the way that Pat Patterson did it and Sable just turned around and slapped him. It was <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Um, but I mean it. I think they just threw. Vince out there to kind of add a little time to the to the show. Now, next would be the uh, semi-final match between Double J, Ken Shamrock. Pretty, pretty good match. I mean, you know, I don't know. Jeff Jarrett was a solid wrestler. There's a reason why he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. He was a very good wrestler. Um, no, his
1: guitar was a good wrestler.
2: Yeah, that too. Yeah, definitely that. But, I mean, he kind of copied Ric Flair a lot, you know, and tried to be like Ric Flair, which I mean, if you're gonna copy somebody, at least copy somebody good, right? And Rick Flair is pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, Ken Shamrock, I thought was a very solid wrestler in this era, in the late '90s. I thought he, he was the really... most dangerous man. Yeah, exactly. For a reason, he would snap at it like a twig. Now, Dave Meltzer was real critical of this match, but if you actually watch it, it was actually a very solid match. Uh, they go back you know and
0: forth. Five minutes long
2: yeah it for for a short match it was actually very solid, you know, and the only one issue I saw was Ken Shamrock would do a her karana, and it almost looked like jeff jeff Jarrett hit his head like it almost looked like he hit his head on top of the on top of the mat now I'm not sure if he did you know he he didn't say in an interview about dropping him on his head he said that he he hit it perfectly and Jarrett sold it better than anybody Jarrett never said anything but ken shamrock was reported to say he did not drop him on his head but Melser claims i don't know he claims that he hit his head but anyway ken ken Uh shamrock would win after after making double j tap out yeah he would face either the rock or dan severin which obviously we mentioned earlier the rock would be facing ken shamrock but Tennessee Lee comes running in, and he gives him a belly-to-belly to, like, straight to hell. He slammed Tennessee Lee hard. It was pretty cool. Dave Meltzer gave it a one-star rating because of the, quote-unquote, bots her Karana. But, I mean, again, I thought it was a great—I I could see another reason why he gave it a one-star because it was short. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, it had no heat. Like, this is King of the Ring tournament. How are you going to have heat? Like, he needs to understand, like, especially with him. He knows these things. It's They're... so
1: funny. Like every match, almost I want to say about ninety five percent of matches has a botch in it, whether it's yeah. a major botch or very minute little yeah. botch that you won't notice. Or if you really pay close attention to the matches, after the matches, you would know you would notice how they thank each other. You know? Yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was I want to say it was like two weeks ago on Monday Night Raw when uh, Becky and Asuka fought. Becky finally beat Asuka again, and they both like thank each other in the ring. Like Becky tapped Asuka. And then you, you can see Oscar like grab. It was funny. She grabbed Becky's boob and like squeezed it twice. Yeah. Like, and that was like her, that was like they were thanking each other. You know, how, how they got that, that chemistry in the ring. So, but even if you got chemistry with people in the ring, that that doesn't go to say that a box won't happen. Correct. Because you could slip. You could lose your grip. It's all types of things that could happen. Yeah. No. So, exactly. Like, I agree with Dave to a point. But not just because of the botched karana I'm like, yeah, you the can't one. just
2: take away like three stars because of one botched move. Because like you said, there's always going to be some kind of botch. And plus, it if you really look at the Karana, it looked bad. But Jarrett wasn't hurt, so at the end of the day, like, was it really a botch or was it just a really good sell? Like, you know. However, now Dave Meltzer would be right about the next match. The next match was actually just straight dog shit. It was probably the worst match I seen. Out of watching all the pay-per-view events I've been watching recently. And that would be, all right, Dan Severin versus The Rock. Now, The Rock is dealing with a leg injury at this point. He's actually legitimately hurt. And Dan Severin, the beast, Dan Severin, whatever you want to call him, he was a very good UFC fighter Mm -hmm. and a pretty solid wrestler. But these two guys had absolutely zero chemistry, and it, it showed. And there were some things that happened in this match that probably, I don't know, I don't think needed to happen. I think they could have just done it a different way. Uh, D'Lo Brown comes in and hits wearing his uh, infamous chest protection thing that he would wear, his chest protector, would hit the frog splash on Severin. Um, During the match, uh, at one point, Severin does something with the Rock's leg and you can hear the Rock yell, son of a bitch and kind mm-hmm. of look and discuss like he was very upset with this match um you know i don't know it it was it was it was dark shit it, it did not have any chemistry it just looked like they just threw each other in there which i get they kind of did but it didn't even look like they really talked it over they just said hey the rocks winning just go out there and figure it out like that's what it looked like they did you know that's honest to god truth what it looked like and you know mark henry came out to what's distract what's you need support What's that?
1: What's that? Your supporter group. Uh, the elite
2: ones. Mm-hmm. I like, what the hell is this mob, This shit
1: at? Mm-hmm.
2: You should you should be able to get in. Should be able to get in the stream because you're a mod. Because Troy Clayton Evans is in here. He's not a he's not a supporter. Neither is Jasmine. No, I'm not. I'm not hating on anybody. You know, the winner of that match, The Rock, after d Brown hit this, the Frog Splash, as I mentioned. Um, uh, Dave Meltzer, <laughs> negative one star on that one. And uh, I gave it a zero. I, it was just terrible. It was not worth watching. Now, I understand The Rock was legitimately hurt. Dan Severin had zero excuse. Zero. There still should have been some kind of chemistry in that ring. They should have talked it out, worked it out, Whatever. And said, at
1: that point you
2: couldn't, it, it was just like, Hey, you know what? Fuck it." Yeah. Yeah. But it does get a little, I don't want to say it gets worse, but it doesn't get much better. The next match, uh, too much, would would become too cool. Uh, Scott Taylor, um, Scotty, uh, Scotty too hotty, uh, Brian Christopher rest in peace. He's no longer with us. He actually killed himself, uh, last year. Um, they were a tag team, kind of starting to get hot, and they would become pretty, pretty successful when they get Rikishi. They would face Al Snow and Head. Yes, Head, the mannequin head that Al Snow <laughs> would come out what
1: with. Everybody want?
2: Yeah, what exactly.
0: Everybody
2: yeah, and Jerry the King Lawler, all, A.K.A. Brian Christopher's father, <laughs> is the guest referee in the match. So, yeah, it doesn't get much better. It. Al Snow is in the ring, obviously, for most of the match. He tries to do a hot tag with Head and starts hitting everybody with Head. And then all of a sudden, he goes for a pin. The King counts real slow. He's being a perfect heel. Counts fast for too cool or too, too much is what they were called back then. Um, They would then go behind, <laughs> behind the announcing table and grab a container that contained... Head and shoulders so they could lay the mannequin head down and pin it. One, two, three. So thus Al Snow lost the match and would be out of the WWF. But, but it, it was still really. so
1: comical though. Yeah, it was,
2: it was a good match for a laugh. But after that last match, I don't think I would have put it there. <laughs> because I'm not saying that. You know they weren't great wrestlers. Okay. Three three great wrestlers in their own in their own way. You know tag team way, especially for too cool Al Snow. I mean, if you've seen him recently, he's freaking huge. He's a tank right now, and you got you got two cool who's you know a pretty successful tag team. You know, especially then uh, they would actually come back not too long ago and they would join NXT. They actually would be trainers there for a short while, and you know it's. I don't know. It was kind of comical, but the winners were too much, as I mentioned. And I mentioned, you know, we since lost Brian Christop- Christopher, who is the son of Jerry the King Lawler. Um, the match was rather boring. Dave Meltzer was very opinionated on it, gave it a negative two stars. And I, he said it's because you follow a bad match with even a worse match. It's just not good. I agree. I gave it zero stars. It was not worth even rating. It was just, it was. If they would have done it differently, like maybe the second match, it might have been better, you know. But you follow a shitty match with a even, even another shitty match. It's just not. I don't know. But it does get better. It does get better, because the next match is actually a very solid match between two excellent wrestlers. Owen Hart, rest in peace, and X Pac. A very good match. Now they they would go back to 1994 when X Pac and Owen Hart had a, a uh, well back then one two three kid and uh, Owen Hart would have a match. that kept referring back to that, and you know like I mentioned earlier, you know you know some of these matches were decent. This is actually one of those ones that was well worth watching, but they did too much as far as the end goes. Like, they added way too much to it. They didn't need to add. Vader didn't need to be there. There was no reason for Mark Henry to be there. China didn't have to get involved. These two guys can have a five-star match just with themselves, like, with a broom. You know, X-Pac was actually considered the guy that, that Vince would throw in to see if they can hang. And, mm-hmm. you know, Owen Hart was the same kind of kind of wrestler. You know, you throw him in to see if he can hang. You know they both del- delivered great match you know and like i said they could have a five-star match with a broom however i mentioned you know this whole thing with vader mark henry uh mark henry come out try to get involved in the match vader would come around and actually would kind of botch a move himself he'd come flying in and trip over mark henry knocking him down and falling down himself china would they come in when owen hart's doing the sharpshooter with everything going on in the outside of the ring and Drop a DDT on Owen Hart and X-Pac would get the win. You know, not a bad match, though. I just think there was just too much going on for it. They could have also made it a little bit longer. And Dave Meltzer, he's very critical on it, said that it didn't have the heat that he would have loved, but it was still a great match. And he gave it 3 stars. So, I mean, or 2.25 stars. So, I mean, it's something. Now, Paul Bearer, is next up on the screen he's uh he was not actually in very good shape he actually was hurt and he got hurt during one of the uh they did some kind of thing at a, a funeral home and he actually tripped fell and actually hurt his leg pretty bad so he was a part of it but he was kind of limping around just like the undertaker undertaker got hurt in the same thing same yes. same everything uh you know obviously paul barry rest in peace hall of fame manager great manager The Undertaker in the Hall of Fame as well. Kane also in the Hall of Fame. You know, you would think that the way they were building everything up, that it was going to be Kane and The Undertaker for some reason. Or somehow they were going to be fighting each other, but it wouldn't. I don't know. Despite looking bad, Paul Bear did a great promo. um, And he actually was, you know, pretty good on the mic, and that's why he was a Hall of Famer. You know, he was like Paul, Paul Heyman type, you know, you know, didn't really expect much out of him but he was actually very good on the mic so Mm -hmm. I liked it I I enjoyed that promo that he did Uh, next after that would be the WWF Tag Team Championship match that would actually be the New Age Outlaws versus the NWA Tag Team Champions the New Midnight Express Bombastic Bob and Bodacious Bart now Bart for those who don't know was Bart Gunn Billy Gunn was a part of a tag team they were quote-unquote brothers. Um, they were actually pretty successful in the mid-'90s. They had some pretty good matches. But then Billy Gunn was the better of the two, and Bart was a part of that whole brawl for all or whatever they called that that horrible thing where he got knocked out by Butterbean. <laughs> um, I remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah, <laughs> he got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he was a pretty solid wrestler, a big guy, pretty bulky guy, and that's probably why Vince loved him bombastic bob is bob holly who had a very great career in the wwe um hardcore holly for those who don't know he's a very solid hand and he you know he he was a little rough around the edges especially with some of the young talent if you if you know anything about the what was that show called they had uh where they try to get new new talent i can't maven won one of them oh uh, tough enough tough enough. Yeah, if you know anything about the tough enough series, Bob Hawley would actually go into it, and he would actually rough up one of the other wrestlers that would win it in the, one of the Royal Rumbles. And I'll have to, we'll have to cover that. But this match was just one of those matches that they just threw in because they didn't know what to do. James Cornett was a part of it, of course. James Cornett, pretty successful career as far as manager. Um, yeah. But this match, there was no heat whatsoever. The only heat that was really there was really Billy Gunn and and of course you know Bart Gunn or Bodacious Bart, whatever you want to call him. But Jr. and and the King would have a little fun with this match. It kept trying to figure out which one was which as far as bombastic and all that. It was it was pretty funny. They kept going back and forth. It was pretty cool to see the them go at it though, because you know Bob Holly was still kind of. He had the long hair. He still looked kind of young, and to see these guys and like to think of where they would go, you just really, you know, it kind of—I don't know—it touched, it touched a soft spot in my heart watching this match. I actually enjoyed it. and It made me realize, like, holy crap, these guys just a few years later, they're totally different, you know, wrestlers. And you know, honestly, I think they both—they all four did pretty good in their careers. Maybe not so much Bart Gunn. But he had some pretty good years in the in the WWE for sure. But overall, you know, the match was actually pretty good. China would come in and low blow. Uh, uh, James E. Cornette, as they called him then, Jim Cornette. Uh, at after the finish, it was pretty cool seeing James Cornette get low blowed. I don't know. You always like to see a heel manager get some kind of some kind of hit. But uh, the winners were the New Age Outlaws. Pretty. Pretty good match for them. I mean, it was not no five star barn burner match, but it was a a definite two star match. And Dave Meltzer would agree with with what I thought. He said one point five star rating for it. It was just a, it was a good match for just a throw in match. Uh, all four wrestlers did a great job. No bad no bad botches. No no need for concern with this match. Though you could skip it. Go get a beer. <laughs> he kind of would troll it a little bit. But, however, all four wrestlers did a solid job overall. Now, next is the King of the Ring final match. Of course, The Rock versus Ken Shamrock. We mentioned The Rock is hurt. And Ken, Ken Shamrock supposedly is hurt. He's, he's you know not really hurt. Um, this match, okay, I want to say something that uh, I want your opinion on, Mr. King Uno. Sometimes commentary can make or break a match. Do you agree with that?
1: I wholeheartedly agree with that.
2: Okay, uh, yeah. so Triple H comes out, and he's 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 watching this match. Him and The Rock are obviously feuding because they always feuded, it seemed like, when they were both active. And he would say, you know, the most degenerate degenerated comments, you know, just talking about his long and all this. You know, it was just stuff that was just like you didn't need it. And it kind of took away from the match. The Rock and Ken Shamrock, and you mentioned earlier, they had the longest match of the King of the Ring tournament a very solid match because the rock is a very solid wrestler um kent shamrock would actually make a pretty cool move at the end of the match and grab the rock's ankle put him in an ankle lock and the king kind of questioned the the ending but you actually do see the rock tap out it didn't look like he tapped out from the point of view that they originally had because the referee was actually in the way but he was grabbing on the referee trying to pull overall it was Not a five-star match, but a very solid four-star, three-star match. You know, The Rock, if he was 100%, it would have been definitely higher. Um, You know, but and with Hunter out there, it kind of, like, took away from the match because all those stupid remarks. And I understand why he was doing it at D-Generation X. He's supposed to be that way, but he didn't need to be out there. Mm -hmm. He could have interfered in the match, and it would have been the same results. You know, it would have been a better match with that.
1: You know, I just. Yeah, I agree. Like that's why I say like commentators can't make or break the match because hearing the commentators get excited, like it makes you, it makes you excited. Like oh snap, like wait what? Or like yeah. let's say the music, of somebody hit, then like you know, my like, go, oh my god, The yeah. bitch is back. Like it makes you, it makes you excited. Like yo, like ain't no way that's really Brock Lesnar about to come out. Next thing you know, Brock Lesnar to come walking out, then the announcers get hyped, the crowd get hyped. Yeah. So like, I look at the announcers as hype me in for the matches. Yeah. Like, they're there to keep, keep you in tune to the match.
0: Correct.
2: Yeah, now the next match is actually the Hell in a Cell. We're going to skip that for right now because we're going to actually watch it. Um, but the final match, the, paper, the pay-per-view main event is the WWF championship match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kane. If Kane loses, he will set himself on fire. It was a first blood match. Kane comes out with a full suit on. And of course, he wears masks, so you know it was gonna be a little interesting, and you kind of knew the outcome was gonna be somehow Austin was gonna be bleeding, you know. And I mentioned earlier that he had a staph infection; he was not a hundred percent. Just the day before, he had a fever. Going into this event, he was gonna be close. He he actually ended up being cleared by the WWE doctor for whatever reason, and Mankind would actually come out wobbling. You know, being a part, it was he was supposed to be a part of the match anyway, but it just, it was, it was a little bit much after what happened to mankind. And I don't want to ruin too much. I mean, if you have, if you guys haven't seen the pay per view event, you know, or even the Hell in the Cell match between mankind and the Undertaker, you guys are missing so much. Well worth watching. It was the best match, I think, of that, that year. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it here pretty soon, but Austin. Austin would actually have a pretty solid match considering what happened. I mean, think about it. Staff infection is, is nothing to joke about, nope. you know, and especially with your elbow and, you know, being a wrestler, you're taking bumps, you're landing on your elbow, you're swinging chairs or you stone cold stunner, you know, that's, you know, it revolves around your elbow. So it's going to, it's going to hurt, you know, and it would get very interesting. Mankind, as I mentioned, would come out, uh Uh, earl hubner was actually knocked down uh mankind would hobble to the ring is is oh shoot hold on folks hold on you cut
1: out what you say bro
2: okay i said uh yeah It just all of a sudden it showed like a a weird screen on my end uh mankind would uh would hobble out and attempt to make attack on austin only to blast uh to make an attempt on uh to make an attempt to attack Kane, only to make a blast on his former tag team partner. Uh, Austin would stone cold stunner him. Mankind got back up. The Undertaker came in the ring, and Undertaker would try to take a swing at Foley, but hit Austin with the chair, uh, thus causing Austin to be busted wide open. Austin would then would be bleeding profusely, uh, and of course, Hebner would see that, and... Thus end the match. And Kane would be your new WWF champion for twenty-four hours. <laughs> I mean
1: overall that boy girl that boy heaven got knocked out more than a boxer.
2: Oh yeah, he got knocked out way more than any other referee out there. He took more bumps than even some of these wrestlers. Uh Austin would uh would then win the title back the next night on Raw. Uh overall it was a solid match. I mean, considering everything with Mankind not being hundred percent, the Undertaker far from hundred percent as well. Uh, Austin, not a hundred percent. You know, obviously there was a lot going on, and with everything, they did a very good job with the storyline. I I gave it a three point five star match because the reason why it wasn't higher was because what they had to follow it took a lot out of the the pay per view event. I watched the pay per view event from beginning to end. It was very good. It was very solid. But watching the Hell in the Cell match was just like, oh my god, oh my god, and then you just you how are you gonna follow that? It's hard. And we've exactly. seen it before with other pay-per-view events and one of the WrestleManias with uh was it uh Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, Randy Orton and uh Triple H had to follow them. And Triple H was Like, pissed. certain
1: times you just be like, Do I really like why why do I have to grab to these people? Like why can't I go before?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was I don't know, it was it was a match that really they could have done before. You know, but back then, the WWE didn't do the the pay-per-view events the way they do it now. Like, they consider two matches to be, you know, the main event. You know, you'll have the women's main event and then the men's main event or vice versa, however they want to end it. And we've seen it with the WrestleManias. We've seen it with, you know, all these other pay-per-view events that they do where they try to have multiple main event matches. And I think this is one of those situations where they could have considered both matches a main event match and I would have done the Hell in the Cell afterwards because you know they had to take in consideration what if you know like with the Hell in the Cell anything can happen. Anything and we saw we will see it here pretty soon. Me and you both will be seeing it here pretty soon. In fact, I'm gonna actually do something really quick.
1: I I can't find a group bro I've been on Facebook for the last like half hour looking for this shit.
2: It might be because you have to be a supporter to get in it. It might be that. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Troy asked a very good question. Um, He said, can Brock Brock Lesnar beat Roman Reigns?
1: Okay, I got two answers to that question. Um, Well, two and a half, kind of like three. Yeah. Yes, he can, scripted-wise. Yes, he can in real life. And yes, you can, based on how WWE wants to book the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I, li-
2: I like watching their matches. A lot of people are kind of getting tired of it, but they seem to add. But to f-
1: they say, like they said before, that is that is a great question, Troy. But yeah, Like they said before, every every great champion had that one person who, like, brought out the best of them. And yeah. I feel like, granted, sometimes their matches aren't that long. But I feel like Roman Reigns' best person to bring that out of him is Brock Lesnar. One hundred percent, guy to make Roman Reigns step his game up to the next level.
2: Oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely. So I, I personally think Roman Reigns is a great champion because he has that one person who pushes him. Because, like back in the day, it was Austin and the Rock. Every time yep. the two got in the ring, they pushed each other to their limit. Brock and uh, Roman pushed each other to the limit. Yeah, um, John Cena and uh, what was his name. John Cena had a nice little feud with JBL when he was feud with JBL. Yeah, they, CM they Punk. To the, to, the, yeah. to the top moments. CM
2: so, Punk and John Cena, man. They had some of the, the more iconic, you know. Cena, like, yeah. And you could go even further back with Hulk Hogan and Macho Man with that wonderful super, yep. you know, super macho power or whatever they were trying to call it, the mega power, or whatever they were trying to call it. Mega each other. power
1: towers or something like that?
2: Something weird like that, yeah. And then they would, you know, Macho would become a heel. It was a very solid pay-per-view event that Wrestlemania or whatever it was that they did all right now I'm gonna share a screen if I can remember how share your screen yeah all right oops and then open this up oh son of a whore all right so we're at the king of the ring it's uh, it says season six, episode one, one hour forty-seven the stop at the seconds. All right, uh, forty-seven minutes and thirty-eight seconds, and mankind starts to come out. You see this, King? You know?
1: Well, uh, it's not like it's not playing. Like I see it moving, but it's not actually showing me the video. Oh shit! Yeah, Peacock is well like that. They're like, no, you ain't saying nothing
2: wonder if we can get it on YouTube. Let's see Sorry here. So. Let's see.
1: If y'all hear a lot of clicking, don't mind me. I'm over here doing the graphic design. Oh, yeah, you're good.
0: Let's see. It says...
1: how all your adult cam start, Ken? We know you be on YouTube looking at that stuff.
2: I don't fucking... That oh, shit actually... doesn't have it, huh? Yeah, it just shows reliving. Oh, this sucks. Maybe because I'm on Facebook?
1: Who knows? I'm mean, you Facebook itself.
2: wonder if I can do it through Discord.
1: Yeah, that's possible.
2: Because I know they do shit like that on discord
1: they really do that's crazy but like that's why I would say discord or twitch probably
0: let's see
2: Is one forty-eight? Let's see. I don't think I have Discord on here anymore. I never use this damn thing. thing. It's all right. It'll be quick and easy to to sign into.
1: Will it really be quick and easy?
2: Should be. I use like the same email and everything for for everything.
1: That's kind of how I am. I'm look, I gotta use the same shit. If I change it, I ain't gonna remember nothing.
2: Yeah, and they can't see nothing right now.
1: I see y'all.
2: I just seen uh, mankind get thrown off the top. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a, just a gif. Oh shit! I didn't mean to do that. I meant to click on that, but whatever. Let's set up. Let's do this. All right. Now we're going to be covering the Hell in the Cell match. We're back. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, King Uno and I are going to actually enjoy an epic five-star match. Um, The Undertaker and Mankind. Uh, If you guys want to get in on this you're gonna to have to watch pay-per-view event yourself uh dave Meltzer would actually give this a four and a half star he said that it was just so much crazy insanity and a lot of bumps that were unnecessary and uh we'll see what he means by unnecessary bumps
1: mankind being legitimately knocked out yes
2: a few times uh, and being carried to the back um, I'm gonna give it a ten star out of five. I it was it was amazing. Mankind, he's he uh he he tells the story of uh Terry Funk telling him you should start the match on top of the cage. And yeah, I remember. and he tells this story so well and he kinda mimics Terry Funk and actually kinda sounded like Terry Funk. You know, of course I guess if you can be around somebody a lot and be best friends with them, you actually kinda mimic them. He goes inside. The, you can see him going inside the cell, cell, and he's just like looking around. Kind of looks confused. He's like, "Fuck it, going up top." <laughs> and everybody's like confused. Nobody has any idea what's going on. Like nobody.
1: Like it's man, kind like. What do you expect from him? Like I would expect him to do something like that for real.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's.
1: I don't
2: know. It's crazy.
0: He's just climbing
2: up. Uh-oh. I don't think it's a video that they have. What'll happen? It like kind of it's just kind of glitchy.
1: Goddamn internet.
2: No, it's I think it's their video cuz it's daily motion. They posted this. Oh. Uh. Now everything just went black so sign that the undertaker's coming. Now the undertaker is legitimately hurt. He actually hurt his right ankle. And you'll kind of see him limping throughout the match. And you'll see it even more in the, the pay-per-view event. If you actually watch the uh, main event, I mean, you'll see him <laughs> limping out. And he's he's legitimately hurt. He hurt his right ankle. They said it was a high ankle sprain. The more this is pretty iconic. I just love the entry way, the how it just all purple. Yeah, they got shitty quality on this fucking webpage, but I, well, I remember one of the events. It was, uh, I want to say it was Elimination Chamber. He actually got caught on fire, had second degree burns in one of the Elimination Chambers because of that pyro right there. It actually got on his suit. I remember that. I remember that. Was it Elimination Chamber? I feel like he was sitting, or he, was, he didn't get in the match for a while afterwards. Maybe he was just legitimately hurt this guy's presence man it was eerie back then it still is today even even in today's when he comes out this guy's just awesome. man i ain't worried about none of that one be one me bitch <laughs> undertaker looking up at mankind i mean this is he's just looking up and he's like okay i guess this is what we're doing undertaker had no idea what was going on this was not fully planned they were supposed to go up there in a few minutes but I guess they kind of made their own changes. And, you know, Vince McMahon, who is not a man of a lot of words, actually told Mick he loved them after this. Mick Foley would say in one of his books, I think it was Have a Nice Day, that this match made his career. Undertaker yep. climbing up. And he kind of gingerly climbs up, too. And then Mankind waiting for him. And the top looks like it's about to give way.
1: Well, back then it was so many things like wrong low key, <laughs> yeah. or nerd, or Light. Made you nervous? Yeah. Oh, They're like Rossi right. jumping. Like, bro, why are you jumping? Like, you missed that land. You are done for.
0: Yeah.
2: He's trying to climb up, and, you know, he's hurt. Mankind trying to grapple him. I don't know what the hell he's doing.
1: Looks so he was uncomfortable. waiting for to to up there because he you knew he was hurt.
2: Yeah, it looks so uncomfortable, though. He's got the chair and a little smack job in the back of the right in the back the top part of the back oh shit okay, just like look like, at that bro that's about this to this give sin. in at any second yeah oh man uh, right on the back okay it does don't not go that
1: way. Don't go that way man
2: yeah don't don't do it it's not going in will for you it's all bowed in the middle there <laughs> oh, shit. Look, oh look at oh. that look at that oh it just Oh, my God. Oh, look at the the little bow ties there that they have, or whatever you call it, zip ties. You can see that zip tie just <laughs> dangling up there. Oh, this ain't going to end well. I, don't, I can't remember fully. I, I just watched this not too long ago. Well, it's been a couple weeks.
1: Well,
0: him.
1: bye-bye,
2: buddy. Yeah, this is where it gets good. Mankind kind of teetering off the edge, and Undertaker gives them a little push.
1: And, and the most iconic moment in WWE history. Yeah.
2: Dear God, he's broken in half. As God is my witness.
1: <laughs> like, no, I don't think he's broken in half. I think he's dead. Like, that's a difference. Yeah, he is.
2: He is. Oh, yeah. He, barely moving. The Undertaker's just staring down at him. It's pretty No, iconic. imagine
1: that part wasn't scripted.
2: Yeah, look at that. <laughs> Carlos Santana or whatever his name was. He's always getting knocked over. Or like, something. just
1: imagine if that wasn't scripted and they did that. Like, in, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Imagine being so there, like not knowing that's gonna happen. You're the king, you know. You're just, like all those guys that are just all right there. It's just like, holy crap! God damn it! Ads.
1: You just sitting there chilling. The next thing you know, the man's come flying.
2: Yeah, just like that. Oh my god, he he hit hard. He, didn't he hit the back of his head somewhere? Oh yeah, right there. You just right there on the uh, yeah, as soon as he landed. Right? Yeah, yeah, you see it. Yeah. So he actually had a concussion there. The Undertaker's just standing up top and, you know, making sure he's all right. Uh, there's Terry Funk. Of course, they're best friends. Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack, you know, they would actually become tag team wrestlers together. they checking on him. There's all these referees that are no longer in the company.
1: Yeah, a lot of them either retire went to AEW. That's the funny part.
2: Yeah. So he's taking his mask off, so he's obviously hurt pretty badly. There's somebody else there too that I can't tell who it is. I see Terry Funk. You see Earl Hebner there. You see uh, Mike Mike Kyota. Is that that's how he said it right? Is that Al Snow? Yeah, Mike Kyoto. I don't think that's Al Snow, is it?
1: Uh no I don't think it was at this time though.
2: Well he was there. He was in this pay per view event, Al Snow was. I don't know, I c I didn't get a good look at the side of him. I just saw the back of the hair and long hair tied up. And They're gonna show it again and oh yeah, he hit hard he hit the the monitor there. was he
1: he got to up like legit hurt. <laughs> yeah,
2: no no doubt about it. Vince McMahon told him he loved him, but don't ever do this shit again. His exact words that he would say in his book, have a nice day. Uh, yeah, you can tell he's not hes not 100%. Uh, separate his shoulder, too. He would actually, I don't know how he would go back out later. God damn it, I don't want no fucking GNC shit. This is why. I'm
0: not I
2: guess I can always use a little bit. They they showed this like seven times now. <laughs> Not even kidding, him being thrown off. What you guys are seeing, I've seen seven times now. You guys aren't seeing what we're seeing.
1: But that, that's one of the moments where you got to replay it, like, bro, did this really yeah. just happen? Like, did he really just get eat from the yeah. clouds?
2: <laughs> that might be a doctor. Oh, now the cage is raising up, or the the cell, whatever you want to call it, is raising up. Undertaker's still on it. Jack Doan.
1: No longer with the. Company. I remember that everybody was like, "Wait, but Jose, what about uh, Jose? like he used to live there?"
2: Contreras uh, or something like that. Jose Contreras, he's a referee, something like that. I, I know something. called cor- Corder- Corderas.
1: I forgot his name. I I, I can't remember it. <laughs> you know who I'm
0: talking
2: about? The one that's bald, right? And then there's yeah. Slaughter right there. Commissioner yeah. Slaughter, I think at the time, he might not have been the commissioner. He might have just been. One of the you know backstage guys, I can't remember. There's either Dave or Or Hubner. They're twin brothers. They both are working at the company. Of course, Funk. He's you're not going back. Vince McMahon legitimately was worried, and that's why he's I out. I will
1: be too. Like, did, did you not see what happened to that man? Yeah.
2: No, he was legitimately <laughs> scared, and it really upset him. And when at the end, he 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 would almost fire Mick Foley for this. He almost fired McFoley for going back out the the final time.
1: And hey, but doing, you, I I command Mcfoley because if you throw me off something like that, bro, I'm I'm not getting back in the ring. Fuck you. There, yeah, there's, there's,
2: yeah, the match is over. You're lucky if I ever wrestle again. And you can tell like it, if you if you guys are watching the stream, the people that are in there it shows it shows one, but my moderators don't count cuz I noticed that it shows 0 and Troy was still commenting. But uh, if for anybody watching and you're seeing this, like, he hit hard. And, you know, we're seeing it. We saw it just there. And now the cage is now coming back down. Uh, Mick Foley is being wheeled to the to the back. He's lowered, though, which is weird. Usually they have him up higher.
1: It's easier. To that's up. that's when I kind of knew something. I'm like, wait, why did he still get kind of low yeah. instead
2: of? Yeah, he was going to go know. back. You know he was. And then now he's – the cage is down. Undertaker – I think it's coming down. It looks like he's... look. It looked like Earl Hebner was looking at at him. Or Dave Hebner. Whichever Hebner that was. Yeah, it's The Undertaker's coming down. And you see him gingerly coming down. He's hurt. So, you know, it's hard for him to jump. just jump down. And then... Here it comes. Mick Foley. Or Mankind. This way he looks like Mick Foley because he doesn't have the Mankind mask on.
1: Right then and there, people are like, you know what? That's type of man you will mess with. Yeah,
2: and you can tell his shoulders messed up because he could barely lift his arms up to climb, and they're going right back up to the top. Because they're both professionals about this, and you know Mankind would say he wanted to finish the match because of everything that's going on. He didn't know if Austin was hundred percent. Like, this is the kind of guy he was. He wanted to do what was best for business. You know, no pun intended to, Did it. <laughs> you know, to that.
1: That was a major pun. It yeah, it look. was. Definitely was.
0: Oh, shit.
2: Oh, he just went down. The Choke slam right through the top. Oh, my God. His head. And then hit
1: that Right there, he was legitimately knocked out. That's yeah, what people he, don't know. Like, yeah. he was legitimately knocked out right
2: there. Yeah, an undertaker standing over him. <laughs> The ominous look that he gave.
1: At one of these I have like liquor on You know what? I'm gonna leave you to quit. Just, just stop, sir.
2: You can see him, and I watched when I watched the peacock. He says something to Jack Doan, who's the referee with the real blonde blonde hair, and he's, he uh-huh. says, "Is he okay?" And Jack Doan kind of gave him a thumbs up or something. You can see it, like if you actually really see how he just landed there very gingerly, mm-hmm. and they said, "Yeah, he's okay." And he's saying something to Funk and trying to sell out this whole thing. And Funk's going to get involved. And then he beats the hell out of Funk, which, you know. Funk, hey, Funk
1: is another one who uh, always rushed his body. Like, he, he, yeah. he did whatever.
2: Yeah, it slammed him there kind of weirdly. I don't think The Undertaker, you know, obviously he's not 100%. His, you saw the way he dropped down out of the cage, and he was definitely hurt. Tim White, who just recently passed away. Just about a month ago, actually, he's there. He actually would get hurt and uh, a hell in And moment. when you look at
1: it, he didn't even really touch him. He just kind of, like, pushed him yeah, backwards. He, he exactly gets...
2: what he did. He just pushed him backwards and Foley just fell down. Because you see that, I think that was his right foot was still down when he went. Yeah. And then he's he punches him and kind of, I mean, Foley tried to sell it. it. It's hard. You see a shoe in the ring. There's a hat in the ring. Or shoes. I think it's shoes. I think there's two there.
1: Uh, it it was so much that was going with this match, like yeah. this match was crazy, and like it, it, it was a whole bunch of going on.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> the hell, the hell in the cells just dangling there. And Undertaker, he's the, it, Mick Foley wanted to continue the match, and he kept saying, "Just keep going. We have to, we have to last the X amount of time." It's just crazy. Undertaker, old school back, the, and then Mick Foley, the, old school. That was actually supposed to happen, and now they're closing the cell with Tim White, I believe, is the actual referee for this match. Jim Doan is the, the guy there.
1: Or John the fact that this man is smiling low-key.
2: Yeah, with a tooth hanging out his nose. Yeah, Tim White is the referee. He would actually legitimately get hurt in a Hell in a Cell match between Triple H and... Uh, God, was it Diesel or Kevin Nash? That. He he legitimately would get hurt. He just passed away last year or this year. Tim White, uh, very sad day in history wrestling for for a lot of the old school fans. They would they would probably don't remember him too much, but he actually would have these suicide gimmick type things that he was doing. May fully grabbing the steps here. You can tell he's hurt. You know. His, can't even lift these steps his left shoulder is separated the undertaker's putting it back he's got a tooth hanging out his nose you just saw it
1: there now it was so much going on in this match bro i was like yo this match has to stop at some point
0: yeah
2: (laughs) and now he's undertaker's hitting mankind with the steps three times finally goes down you see that tooth just dangling out his nose and i didn't know what Uh it was when i first saw it i don't know if you knew No, I didn't know either. I found out like years later, like uh, you know, actually kind of recently that that's what it was.
1: I was like, wait, that's that 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 that, that's his tooth. Yeah.
2: Nice little chop to the throat.
1: Undertaker actually,
2: you know, he looks he looks like he's hitting them hard, and you know, he's not obviously, you know. And I I really liked watching Undertaker matches because he looked like he was pounding the shit out of people, but he really wasn't. You know, he was very safe. Yeah. You know. This is this is pretty cool. I like this.
1: This is classic Undertaker. Run yeah. and
2: suicide dive. Yeah, totally miss. Totally missed, mankind. <laughs> oh man. And Tim White goes to check. See the shoe there back. I I pretty sure it was actually a Funk's shoe. Cause
1: yeah, I he, think Doctor Funk when he, uh, got punched. When he got punched, yeah. Giddy mankind, yeah, yeah. right to the cell. Giddy yeah, right. mankind,
2: what a nice little throw into the cell.
1: And another, another one. one, yeah.
2: See, now the thing is, is WWE is not telling people that Undertaker is legitimately hurt because they're not trying to. It's not part of the storyline, you know. It's, so he's God, hurt. He's hurt just to steal. You know, yeah, like a cheese grater, as uh, Jr. would say. Is he busted open? I think I saw a little blood on the Undertaker. But there was a little bit of blood right there. Looks like staggered. Lewis. He's staggering. Yeah, oh yeah, he's bleeding. McFoley.
1: Yeah, once again, you can see that his arm is literally hurt. Like he can't yeah, even he move can't,
2: it. He can't even hardly lift it. He's gonna try to power drive it, drive him, and he yeah.
1: does. Nice, nice little
2: power pile driver right into the chair. See the impression that he made one, one two, two, and
1: oh, and take it with a kick out, two and a quarter,
2: out. barely kicked out. Look at he barely had any energy. Look at,
1: Look at the crimson mass as JR was Oh saying. yeah,
2: definitely. Oh wow, yeah, really busted open. Man, kind of going for it, punching him. He got blood all over his hand now. Now he's grabbing the chair. What's he gonna do here? Oh, is he gonna do that famous elbow drop? With a bad elbow at that. Oh yeah. He, oh no leg drop. Oh God, I thought he was going to drop his elbow. I was like, dude, you just separate like your shoulder. Man, they had to eat those shots. Like
1: most of them put their hands up. So they literally yeah. took those shots like, yo.
2: One, two. Oh, almost. Tim White with the two and a three quarters there. Tim White checking in on everybody. You can tell. He just asked, are you OK? He's talking to mankind. I, you can't really see what he said there. But
1: that's mankind. the thing. That's the thing that a lot of people don't know. Is that the referees communicate with the wrestlers throughout the match yes. the whole time?
2: And Mick Foley said he he has no recollection through most of this match of what happened. His infamous finisher, the double underhook DDT, dropped Undertaker right on his head, right in the middle of the ring. What what's going on here? Mankind leaves the ring. Undertaker laying right in the middle. These guys both taking so a little bit of a bleeding. Hey, oh think he got, the referee say? is counting. He's got like, a no
1: referees communicate a lot.
2: Yes, they do. They do. And he's communicating right now with, with, with him, letting him know exactly what's going on. Yep. Oh, he's got those thumbtacks.
1: I think Mankind is the only wrestler I know who every time he brought thumbtacks in, he got dropped on him.
2: Yeah. He, he, yeah. Oh yeah, there's like a thousand there. I think JR would say it was something like five thousand thumbtacks, you know, he made up a r- random number. Right. Yeah, look at all the carnage that they left. I mean the the cell is still dropped down there, right, <laughs> right there. Like I would have thrown somebody into it at this point. I
1: love, I love how they be staggering, like how Hunter is staggering right now. Yeah. I love how they do that. uh Oh, he
2: try to get him with the clothesline. Oh, nice little kick to the gut there. Let's
1: see what he does. And here Nope. Kick to the mid session. Man, can't bounce off the rope. Oh my God, is he going to do it? Oh, uh, man, a reversal. Man Mandible claw. Mandible claw. Ooh.
2: Yeah, he got it. He got it in. Undertaker, though. Undertaker's starting to fade. He's starting to fade.
1: Out of just baiting
2: iron. It's not like the ropes are going to help. It's, the ropes don't do nothing in this kind of match. Let's see what happens. McFoley's got him down. He's on. He's almost down.
1: Okay. I love when they grab the ropes and stuff and then these have matches like brush. You know that don't do nothing, right? <laughs>
2: Tim White lifts his hand up, uh, kind of dead there. One count.
1: Two. I used to let us two, when they get to the two, and then they managed to get this burst of Life.
0: Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. Ah,
2: burst of Life. And now Mankind's on. The, oh, shoot. He's holding him up. Uh oh.
1: Uh oh. Right onto the thumbtacks. You can see the crowd react. The crowd was about to happen. The crowd reacted.
2: He's trying to get to where there wasn't as many. You could tell because he went further to the left, and Tim White Uh was kind of guiding him. I don't know if you saw that. Tim White was definitely guiding him. I mean, he still got in there, and he kind of rolled into it. Looks like a pincushion there, as JR would say. Bro, like,
1: man, kind of was that guy. Like, he got speared through a flaming table. He got dropped off the the sale, got thrown off the sale. Like, bro, what did you do to WWE that they don't like you?
2: (laughs) And it's funny because it was all his ideas. and." He almost part. got fired. Here we go. Chokeslam to the thumbtacks. Yeah, he almost got fired. Vince McMahon says, if you ever do some kind of shit like this without my permission, you are fired. He goes, there's no, you know, He goes, and then he would tell him, I love you. Thank you. Afterwards. Like, it was just crazy, the conversation that they had. Here comes the tombstone. And right in the middle of the ring, bam. Whoop, whoop. You see the thumbtacks all over mankind. The cover. One, one. two
1: Three, three, and that Loki was a out. Like he got his leg up and like yeah. kicked, but at that point, I think they did the right thing. Like just let the match end.
0: Yeah,
2: and you know I mentioned Undertaker not a hundred percent going into this match. Still got the win. Very solid match. I mean, like I said, a f- a ten star match out of five for me with everything that happened, and Mick Foley taking the bumps that he did, and there you see the other referees. Jack Donahue is his name. I keep messing it up. Tim White. And I don't know who the other guy was. The other guy's probably a doctor or something. I don't I don't recognize him at all.
1: I, was, I, I used to know most of the people. Yeah.
2: You know, we saw Slaughter out there earlier. Yeah. A very solid match. And The Undertaker there, checking in on him. You can see he said something to Tim White. I don't know what was said. Kind of shaking his head. Like, you know, acknowledging yes. You know, and the crowd is just like kind of stunned almost like, I mean, you look at the crowd, they're a little like, what the hell just happened here? And then there's the stretcher.
1: What just happened was murder just happened. Yeah. They know how to stop.
0: Yeah.
2: You see the undertaker, how he just got out there. You could tell he's very, he's not, he's not a hundred percent at all. He's hurt. You know, his right ankle was messed up just by the way he was looking. you could tell he was having a hard time getting out of the ring. Mike Kyoto trying to get him out, trying to you
1: know. That's serious, right there, it's again. Yep. trying to grab the sale to balance himself.
0: Yeah,
2: and you would see it even later in the next match when he come out, he was limping to go to the ring. In there, Mick Foley. There's one of the the Hefners. I I'm thinking it's Earl because I don't know if Dave was still with the company. Dave worked behind the scenes a lot, but Earl was like the the head head referee you know he was like main event guy and then mike Kyoto took over and it's jimmy yeah. corderas i looked it up jimmy corderas is the uh bald referee that's kind of in the back right now you Okay. See down on the bottom of the ring that's a uh, slaughter
1: yeah slaughter right there the bald head and a yeah. little hair going around tim white right there standing up yeah
2: yeah tim white he was a great referee Rest in peace. And then there's one of the bumps right there. Damn, man. That. And then the choke slam, kind of choke slam, and bam, man, knocked him out hit. right there. If yeah, you yeah.
1: watch that choke slam, he hits his head on the steel before he falls in. Yeah. And then
2: the choke slam to the freaking thumbtacks. I don't
1: do You're
2: not paying enough to take that bump with the no. thumbtack. No. Yeah, it's. And of course, we mentioned. You know the concussions legitimately knocked out multiple times he was knocked out at least twice he he vaguely remembers parts of the match he does not remember everything he remembers the before the match and he remembers after the match but he does not remember too much during he just he made a comment about how he was not going to go down a stretcher the second time he was going to walk to the back yep <laughs> He said he asked somebody if he if he took the stretch already, and they said yes, you have. And you know which you know mentioned the whole Vince McMahon thing. When Vince McMahon came out, it was that's what really made you like think like oh shit, because Vince McMahon was a heel, and he had that very look of concern. Like okay, this you know that's when you realize it was legit.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just like I like you can tell he's still like going. Yeah, he's trying to get stuff together.
2: That guy kind of looked like Harley Race, didn't he?
1: He little He do like Harley <laughs> Race a little bit,
2: like a like a skinnier version of Harley Race. Rest in peace to him too, Harley Race.
1: I think at this point, mankind was still knocked out. They were yeah. just trying to. He was just like, look, I, I'm aware enough to know that I got to walk backstage.
2: Look at him cleaning up the ring, man, getting all the thumbtacks and sweeping it up. <laughs> They're still there with the <laughs> with the stretcher. Like, hey, what's going on? Is he going on it or no? I mean, just an epic match. Yeah, the, the, you, you can't top that. Like, there's no way of topping that match, man. That was iconic.
1: Realtor.com is was guaranteed. My boy looks like, are we, we starting off to start up start top? To They're start they starting off the top For like is so fun. I play the- what the hell? I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> I, they they woke, they woke up tooth and bottom that day. They said, you know what? That's what we're doing today.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it was obviously the most iconic match ever, like, in in that era like in that year especially in 1998 like that was the best match i think you would see in any wrestling program and rather it be the WCW uh, you know new new japan you know it didn't matter it was the best match and the undertaker really did a great job uh as as we talked about like you know he was hurt and you, you could see he was hurt you knew he was hurt and it just it just showed how great of a wrestler he was that he could go out there not even a hundred percent and still have a five star quality match that just shows both guys, not just him, both guys friends, uh, know, the, the, yes. they were both iconic, they both did great jobs and you know five star match Dave Meltzer gave it four and a half, and you know I think a lot of the reason why he gave it four and a half was because. Mankind was legitimate hurt, you know, and you don't ever want to see a wrestler get hurt. Rather, it's Mankind or, you know, even if it's the worst wrestler in, in right. history, you know, you it don't, doesn't, you don't you wish don't, that, that yeah. injury
1: upon the body.
2: You know, and it was it was definitely a match well worth watching. You guys definitely look it up. Me and Kimono you know, truly enjoy that match. I wish Nambo was here to see it, but fuck him. Um, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, overall, though, what is your thoughts on that match? If you know, You're know you Dave Meltzer, what do you rank it?
1: Me myself, I, well, I would give it a 4.5. And if not, one of the only reason I would give it a 5, only I would give it a 5 if it was like a tad bit longer. Like, Mankai had a little bit more offense because yeah. it was pretty much like, okay, throw him off the sail. He comes back, he gets back up top. He told Slammy. Okay, do the mandible claw. Okay, and I get Trump to again onto the uh, thumbtacks, and a tombstone, and that's the match. Like, I, I, I just wish it could have been a little bit more like balance wise.
0: Yeah, and
2: you know it, the match itself, like you know with the bumps and everything. If Mick fully did not get hurt, I think it would have been a five star match from Dave Meltzer. I think that's what stopped it from being five star. Because he he gave it nothing but high praises with everything that you know the backstory of it all Undertaker legitimately hurt you know mankind doing what he did and taking those crazy bumps and all that it just it really it made it hard to enjoy <laughs> enjoy the, the main event and that's what sucked about it. It was just like because you got after that match you was like, oh shit, like okay, I gotta put the popcorn down. I gotta I gotta take that in. And, you know, mm-hmm. even watching the highlights of that match, it's just like, like if, you know, in the in the stream right now, you're seeing mankind go flying. You know, that, that bump is so iconic. I pulled up 1998 King of the Ring, and that's what showed up. Like, that was the first thing that showed up, was that particular GIF. I'm like, okay, this is, this is crazy. Like, this is what we're going to be covering, you know, and, you know, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. But. Next week, or not next week, next podcast, uh, we talked about doing Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I don't know if you still want to do that one. I don't know. Okay. If I, I think, you know, and the reason why I say Hunter Hurst Helmsley and not Triple H is because we want to talk about Hunter Hearst Helmsley. The, the, basically, the introduction, we're going to do multiple Triple H streams, I'm sure. You know, with him retiring recently and and now coming back to the WWE as a actual mainstay in the business, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. I'm kind of mm-hmm. excited actually to see what happens. But we're gonna, I think we should cover him. I'll do some research on him. Is you know from his his ending at WCW coming into the WWE, and of course the the infamous Hell in the uh, King of the Ring where Stone Cold Steve Austin would win. A lot of people know that actually it was supposed to be Triple H that won that one. And, of course, things happen with the whole Madison Square Garden. We'll talk about the whole curtain yep. call and everything, you know, which is, you know, unfortunate for Triple H. But, I don't know, it would be something well worth covering. You know, I, I think that's going to be a great one. Anything you want to add, King Uno? Uh,
1: no, we, uh, I'm, like I guess I'm down for the 100-hers, hopefully. You know, I'm down for... All that good stuff. Yeah, it's going to be a lot and, of fun. you know, you guys just got to stay tuned with
2: us. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And Nambo will be back. We just don't know when. Probably when school starts. He'll probably be more active, I think. I Because think, that's when he was active last time was when school was going. Because, you know, it was only yeah. one or two kids he had to watch. So we'll definitely try to get him in. If not, maybe we can try to get Gopher or even somebody else like Brian P., you know, who's a, a major WWE fan. I mean, we we can find somebody else to kind of get there. You know, it'd be nice to have a third person's view on it. Because they right. knew, I don't know, I feel like we we love wrestling so much that, you know, no opinion is wrong for us. Like, we, we want somebody else's opinion on this. Like, I know I do.
1: No, well, I'm definitely down for that facts.
2: Yeah, so maybe we'll have a little talk with Gopher or somebody else and see what we can do since Nambo's not reliable enough. <laughs> he's a bitch bitch. but thank you guys for tuning in rather you listen to the podcast or rather you watch the stream we are only doing it for supporters on facebook so become a supporter for five dollars a month and you can actually get to see the podcast live you get to see me and king uno what actually happens the whole time like the pausing of the podcast us talking about other things and you know and you guys actually get to see a more better glimpse of it so you know i think it's going to be something that more people are going to want to be a part of and you can actually like troy did earlier he put he had a he had a wonderful wonderful comment and you know asked who you know who would win between roman reigns and brock lesnar and or if brock lesnar could beat roman reigns you know it's nice to have that interaction rather you're in here for just to say hi or whatever and you know what? I liked it. I really think that it's going to help us and a lot less interruptions this way. Um, but again, you guys, thank you so much. The Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, wonderful, wonderful podcast will be next. I can't wait. I'm assuming. I can't wait. King Uno's going to do the cover art for that. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> All right, you guys. We love you. <laughs> we love you guys. I didn't agree that. <laughs> I didn't agree to that We love you guys You guys please enjoy You guys have a wonderful day I will be back later you guys
1: Peace love and hate grief, y'all